0: Day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor JD Farrakh. Whether or not a Christian
1: will be shaken and riddled with fear and doubt or stand strong in the faith, immovable, unshakable, that's what's in the balance. You have to understand that God wants us
0: to stand strong. He doesn't want us to be moved or shaken. As a believer, this life will bring you into perilous times. This world will test and try you. It won't be easy, but you don't need to despair. Today, Pastor J.D. will explain that the best method of standing firm in your faith in the midst of these struggles is to intimately know and cling to the Word of God. It's your weapon against the enemy. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Second Timothy, Chapter 3, with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth.
1: We're currently in the book of Second Timothy. Today, Lord willing, we're going to finish Chapter 3 and our text will be verses 14 through 17 of 2nd Timothy chapter 3. So we'll invite you at this time, if you're not already there, to turn there. 2nd Timothy chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. And we'll finish the chapter, Lord willing, today in verse 17. The apostle Paul is writing, and by the Holy Spirit says verse 14 to Timothy, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And, verse 15, how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture, verse 16, is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want to talk with you today about really the only way that it is that we as Christians can have any hope of ever surviving, let alone thriving, in these confusing times that we're living in. Would you agree that it's getting really weird <laughs> and confusing? And can I use this word? I know it's a so 80's, but it's really gnarly. It's getting it's gnarly. Things are just bizarre. At the beginning of this chapter, the Apostle Paul warned Timothy about perilous times in the last days, terrible times, confusing times. And he did so, so as to both steady and ready Timothy, because of his love for him, who he saw as a son. He loved him so much. And he wanted to warn him. He wanted to prepare him and so he starts off with that ominous list. We read it, we studied it, 19 things that would mark the last days when perilous times come. Now here we are at the end of the chapter, and it seems the Holy Spirit deemed it necessary to inspire Paul to take it to the next level, if you will, and write specifically about the how. In other words, the how of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to do the what of the Holy Word. That's the only way how God has given us the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit to live a holy life be ye holy as He is holy. Now at first read, you read that and you think, what? I'm to be holy as He is holy? How am I going to do that? Oh, the Holy Spirit. I know this is going (laughs) to seem maybe like an oversimplification, but here's how it works. Holy Spirit, holy life. That's how. And that's the how of the Holy Spirit to survive the perilous times that we are even now in today. And it's getting worse. Would you agree? I would argue that what Paul wrote to Timothy then, has profound implications for us now in these times. So much so that what hangs in the balance is whether or not a Christian will be shaken and riddled with fear and doubt, or stand strong in the faith. Immovable, unshakable, That's what's in the balance. You have to understand that God wants us to stand strong. He doesn't want us to be moved or shaken to veer off or move away from the solid foundation of the Holy Scriptures. And that's why he writes what he writes to Timothy what follows are two hows, as it were, when it comes to how we can remain steadfast and immovable, sound, strong, unshakable in the face of what lies ahead. And You may not want to hear this. I know I don't like to say this, but it's true. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Between now and the rapture, it's going to get worse. The first one is in verses 14 and 15, and in a word, it's continue. Keyword, highlight, underline, bold, italics, yellow fluorescent highlight, green fluorescent underlined, blue if you want, if you like that color better. Here, Paul exhorts Timothy to continue, the emphasis on continue, stay the course, continue in, press on, in what he had learned and what he was convinced of. Why? Because he knew from whom he had learned it. Remember now, Paul knows that his days are numbered. It's just a matter of time before he is beheaded and martyred for his faith in Jesus Christ. And Timothy knows it too. And he got to know, especially because of the personality that it seems that Timothy had. He was timid, shy, bashful. He was an introvert, not an extrovert. He was easily intimidated and maybe prone to become fearful. And Timothy needs this assurance from Paul. It's almost like Paul is saying, Timothy I know you're not going to have me much longer. So I'm writing you this letter, you can do this. (laughs) Here's what's coming, and you're not going to have me when it does come. So, but you don't need me. You know why? Because from when you were a child, you knew the Holy Scriptures, and you were convinced because of them, unto salvation by faith, through faith in Jesus Christ. Now all you got to do, Timothy, to stand in the face of what's coming is just continue on. Stay on course. Don't veer. Don't be moved. Don't be shaken. I find it interesting that he would refer to Timothy's childhood. Paul met Timothy in Lystra. (laughs) And it does seem from the text that Timothy was really young at the time, perhaps a teenager. Now when he writes to Timothy and says, don't let anybody intimidate you or look down on you because you're young, because of your youth, don't imagine him to be 15 or 16. I'm pretty sure he had his driver's license by then. (laughs) It's believed that he was probably maybe close to thirty years old, but that was still considered to be young, especially in light of the fact that there were probably many older people there in that church that he pastored in Ephesus. So the question is, (laughs) why is Paul waxing sentimental about Timothy's childhood. Why does he bring it up? I believe that he does so because he wants to remind Timothy of his solid foundation. He's rock solid. Timothy, from when you were a child, you know his mom was a Jew, his dad a Greek, but Uh, and his grandmother too, strong in the faith. Timothy, you had good upbringing. You were brought up in the ways of the Lord, the fear and the admonition of the Lord, and the word of the Lord. All you have to do is just continue. It's that simple. Just, in other words, can I say it like this? (laughs) For lack of a better way of saying it, just keep doing what you're doing. You're doing great. Just continue doing it. That's all you got to do. Just continue. We have a problem. We do? Yeah. you going to tell us what it is? Of course I am. You don't even have to ask. I'm going to tell you anyway. If you were to ask me what I thought was one of the most subtle dangers in the Christian's life, this would have to be at the top of the list. Namely, that of moving from, veering off, dare I say losing confidence in the Word of God. It's very subtle. And when that happens, it renders the unsuspecting Christian an easy prey for the enemy. And you know what's sad? Many a Christian crashes in the confusion that comes packaged with the perilous and contradicting circumstances in these last days. We're seeing it play out right before our very eyes. You look at what's happening in the world around us and your first response, your reaction, is to become fearful, to become confused. Who's the author of confusion? The enemy. He wants to confuse and accuse. And it's rampant, I'm sorry to say. And it's caused many a Christian to lose confidence in the Holy Word of God. Because look what's happening. I mean, come on. And it shakes you and it moves you from the rock solid foundation of the Word of God. And it's not just in the pew. It's in the pulpit. It's in the pulpit. Received a text, someone who used to be a part of our fellowship here. They moved to the mainland, and she just texted me after the prophecy update. She said, you know, we went to our new church today. And she said, we now know why the online members are so grateful. Because the sermon we heard could have been preached about 20 years ago. It was just nothing nothing. And again, I I think I mentioned this last week, I don't fault the Christian as much as I do the pastor. The onus is on us, you know. That's why James writes and warns that you should, it's a noble thing to desire the office of a teacher, but you better read the fine print. You better count the cost, because if you're going to teach the Word of God, you will be judged by An infinitely higher standard, because you're dealing with lives and souls for all eternity here. Matthew 7. Maybe I could have you join me in Matthew 7. I want to read verses 24 through 27. Jesus is speaking. It's a parable, a powerful parable, really, about this very thing he says verse 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the rain came down the streams rose and the winds blew and against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But, oh here it comes, everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not put them into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. It didn't just come crashing down. The crash was a great crash. But wait a minute. He got two builders. They both, it seems, went to the same church, heard the same sermon, the words of Christ. They're both building a house. They both heard the words of Christ. So what made the difference between the one that stood and the one that came crashing down with a great crash? Oh, they heard it, they just didn't heed it. They were a hearer of God's word, as James says, but not a doer. Jesus said they did not apply it. They did not practice it. And that's what made the difference. That's what hangs in the balance. It's the doing of God's word, the applying of God's word, the living by God's word. That's when you're rock solid. Bring the perilous times and the, I don't have to say bring them. They're already here. They are SVP'd. You can have the storm hit, and the storm hits, but I'm not going to be moved. I'm unshaken. I'm a, Oh, in fact, you know what? Open the blinds. There's a storm out there. That's how solid I am. Why? Because I'm on the rock. The solid rock foundation of God's Word. Listen, I don't know how else to say it and I speak to you not as a pastor first and foremost, but as a brother in Christ. In my Christian life, the only way (laughs) I'm going to have any hope, as a Christian, forget pastor, as a Christian, the only way I'm going to have any hope of standing strong is by the Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. I don't know how, It is possible for a Christian, in the days ahead, to be able to stand without knowing and applying the Word of God. Let me me take it a step further. When I say applying the Word of God, here's what that looks like. Early in the morning do I rise up and seek thee, O Lord. In your presence, O Lord, is fullness of joy. You go right to the word, God, have you seen my schedule today? Are you kidding me? I'm the one who scheduled your day. Yeah, but God, there's no way. I know that's why I scheduled it that way. Yeah, but I can't do it. I know that's why I scheduled it that way. So you come to me because I can. You need me, don't you? Yes, I need you, God. There's no way. No way. Let me say it again differently. No way. 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 How? Glad you asked. I'm going to give you that word, word of life, fitly spoken, that is going to apply to that intense phone call that you have scheduled at two o'clock this afternoon. I'm going to give it to you now, so that when that phone call takes place, that you're dreading. (laughs) Can I get a witness on that, by the way? (laughs) I'm going to give it to you now, so that it doesn't rock you, it doesn't move you, it doesn't shake you, and it doesn't confuse you. I can't even begin to tell you, how many emails we get from people that are just, I mean, freaking out, confused. I mean, I'm hearing this, but then I'm hearing that. They're saying this, and you're saying that. What's up with that? It doesn't matter what you're hearing, or who's saying what they're saying. This is the only thing that matters, is what does God say? What does God say? You know how it and is. I, I'm just like you. So please, I hope I never come off as, you know, like, I'm the pastor and you guys need to get with the program here. We all do it. The storm hits, the problem arises, adversity strikes, and we call so-and-so. And that's the first call we made. Did you hear what happened? No, what happened? Oh my goodness, what are you going to do? I don't know. And here I picture the Lord in heaven, the creator of the heavens and the earth and sea and all that in them is. And he's created all things. And he has available for me and for you everything we need.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. We hope you continue to be encouraged in your faith as we learn from the book of 2 Timothy together. One of the greatest lessons from this book is that it doesn't matter how young or old you are. If God calls you to something, answer his calling. He's faithful to use you and your giftings to further the kingdom in powerful ways. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. As always, we encourage you to keep studying the Bible on your own. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in this series, you'll be able to find them at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Maybe as you've been listening today, you've become aware that you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. You may already read the Bible. You may even attend church. But have you surrendered your life to Christ? If not, today's the day to make that change. If you're not sure where to start, please visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com right now and find the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This will give you step-by-step instructions and will answer questions you might have about why this is important. We also encourage you to be a part of a church. If you're ever in the Kaneohe area, we would love to have you join our church family. Come visit Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website. Again, that's inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for joining us for In Spirit and truth.